Hello everyone and welcome to Black, White and In Color. I am your host, Shanoa Alamu. I love discussing topics that get people talking and sharing stories from everyday people. My opinions have been featured on CNN and Huffington Post. So please join me for this week's episode of Black, White and In Color. And hello, everyone. I am Shanoa Alamu of Black, White, and In Color. And I know it's been a while. I know. I think the last time I checked my episode dates, I think it was April uh, since you've last heard from me. And I do have some excuses. (laughs) Uh, I have been under the weather. Um, I had developed a cough where it literally took my voice. And so unless you wanted to hear Black, White, and Color After Dark or some type of froggish um, version of myself, um, I thought it was just a good idea that I just wait until I healed and got my voice together. And so I'm so glad to be back because I have a lot to share. I have a lot of episodes coming up, including this one. Um, So stay tuned. I will do my best to be more consistent uh, with weekly episodes for you uh, because there's still a lot going on. You know, life goes on even when I'm on when I'm, you know, ill or life gets busy. It was some of that mixed in as well. Just me being busy ending symphony seasons in my areas and things. And so, you know, I, I think the latest Thing is, you know, this um, documentary on Netflix um, directed by the awesome and fabulous Ava DuVernay, um, When They See Us. And so I personally am in the middle of watching that. And before making this decision, I got on Facebook and did a live um, giving people permission not to watch it if they felt they were not mentally, emotionally, or even spiritually ready, because I was in that space. I put it off, I put it off, um, because I still haven't watched Fruitvale Station. I still haven't watched Detroit. Um, I'm still, in some aspects, still healing from um, Ferguson and Trayvon Martin, just when there was just a string, seemingly weekly, headlines of some unarmed, you know, Black men being shot and killed by police. In some ways, I'm still healing from that. So knowing me as as a highly sensitive person, an empath person, I just wanted others who are built like me to say, hey, I know we're being highly encouraged to support this sister's, you know, um, efforts in this awesome story. But if you don't feel like you're ready, that's okay. So since Um, that uh, Facebook Live, I have figured out a way that has worked for me to make it less devastating or less impactful on my psyche. And so I had never watched the PBS documentary of the Central Park Five. So I found that on Amazon Prime. I watched that. And you know how documentaries are. They're just dry. They just tell the facts. Um, Not a whole lot of um, emotion, you know, just stating the facts, stating what happened. You do hear from um, the five, um, I like to say exonerated five. You do hear from them and see them except for one. Antron McRae um, opted out to show his face and instead just wanted his voice to be heard. So that helped. And so now I am starting episode four of When They See Us, which is the story of Corey Wise, who was tried as an adult and served the most uh, years in prison, um, starting um, in Rikers Island. And if you are familiar with Rikers Island, it is considered one of the toughest um, adult prisons here in this country. And just to see a 16-year-old just thrown in that environment, having never committed a crime, didn't even know that he would even end up in a situation like this. Um, It's still devastating to watch, but, you know, I'm I'm able to handle it it more, which gives me even more of a respect and an honor for these men to have actually lived it 
you know, I know I probably sound like a wimpy baby, but you know, I don't care. You know, <laughs> this is me and I'm owning who I am and how I am built. But at the same time, I highly, highly respect these men um, for having made it out and they are telling these stories. They're telling their story. So without further ado, I would love to start today's episode, which is kind of tied to what I just stated. Um, but I want to bring it to um, from a female perspective, Black women, because one of the things that stood out to me the most um, in the Netflix special is how involved Black women uh, were during that time. You know, of course, you had the mothers, you know, of these five boys, Raymond Santana, Antron McRae, um, Kevin Richardson, um, Corey Wise, and, um, oh gosh, who is the fifth one? Oh, Yusef Salam. How could I forget? So you have the mothers, of course, um, standing there, showing up for court, being there for their boys, visiting them in prison. You also have Kevin Richardson's sister, older sister, who is heavily present. But what you don't see, or at least in the, in the special, is Black men. And so today, I want to talk about what can Black women do, you know, honoring ourselves as Black women, and how invested are we to be in social justice issues? You know, of course, Black women have been a very powerful force in the Black power movement, whether it's Black Panthers or whether it's civil rights movement. You know, you have Ida B. Wells, you have Angela Davis, um, you have Maya, Maya Angelou in some aspects. And, and so many others that escape my, my mind right now. But I really want to talk about, you know, how can Black women take care of ourselves? How can we honor ourselves um, without, um, well, I guess I just want to stick to the question, how invested are we to be in social justice issues? With Black Lives Matter, they were started by three Black women. You know, so today's guest, um, is someone who I have come to really, really admire. Um, she is the host of the Midday Reset podcast. Um, she's also a consultant, an author, a yogini, or yogini, sorry. And when she is not advising clients, authoring books, or recording episodes for her podcast, she is enjoying life with her husband and two children. I have with me today, Miss Antoinette Chanel, and if you want to find her on Instagram, you can find her at Miss Antoinette Chanel. So, Antoinette, how are you doing? Doing good. So, <laughs> so happy to get to finally sit down and do this, you know? Absolutely. And I know that was such a long-winded uh, introduction leading up to bringing you on. But, you know, like I said earlier, I haven't been on here in a while and just kind of want to um, take time out just, just to, you know, do that much. But what do you think about that question? You know, how invested are Black women to be in social justice issues? What have you seen? What have you noticed? What conclusions have you drawn? You know, while you were speaking, I couldn't mm -hmm. help but recall something that happened to me um, <clears throat> a few years ago when George Zimmerman was on trial for uh, killing Trayvon. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I've told you this story before. And it's kind of where I feel like I need to start. Okay. Because at the time, so this would have been July 2013. And mm -hmm. at the time, I was pregnant with my first child. Okay. And I had actually been removed from work. I was teaching in the classroom, but I had to be removed from work because I was experiencing some uh, preterm labor symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I was on bed rest at the time. And I was living in California. My father had come out to stay with me because at the time he was retired, didn't have a job and figured, well, I'll take care of her. And so your husband can still go to work and whatnot, which I very much appreciate. Oh, that's sweet. Okay. It was, it was a special time for he and I. Um, but what I want to tell you is that Shanoa, I remember standing in the living room as they read the verdict mm -hmm. and you know, I, I was already having to be very kind of cautious and mindful and stuff. And I remember standing there in the living room and I could feel my stomach starting to contract 
as they were reading off that, you know, this man is not guilty. And, um, you know, he was mm. being acquitted of this, what I felt was probably the most heinous crime that I had witnessed in my lifetime. You know, I, right. I, I, I equate that to almost like <clears throat> a modern day Emmett Till. Yes. And mm -hmm. I remember I was just so upset. I was so just distraught behind it. And my father had to unplug the TV. He was like, we can't watch this anymore. This, look at what this is doing to you. This is hurting you and it's hurting mm. your baby. And so I've got to pull you out of this. And, um, you know, I, I thought of that because it almost seems like a, a slight metaphor for what you and I have kind of been talking about and what we wanted to cover in this episode with the fact that black women we feel this strong sense of loyalty and this sense of um, obligation to feel and to protect our community and to protect our boys and our men and to protect yes. our women and our girls. Yes. But we are doing that to our own detriment almost. And yes. well, not even almost, we are doing it to our own detriment. I mean, and so, you know, that in and of itself is one example of how yes, you, you should be invested in what's happening in the community and what's going on around you. And you should stay aware and stay awake. But at the same time, you have to honor yourself too. You know, in that moment, I had to make the choice to honor my baby and honor myself because I wanted to make it full term. I wanted to have a healthy child and yes. I had already experienced complications on the way towards that. And, you know, in that instance, my father, because he was the one who was there intervened and said, you know, stop, this is too much. You know, we, we, we're turning this off and let's, let's play some cards or do something else that can take right. your mind away from this. But, right. you know, I just wonder how many women out there don't have anybody who can step in and say, hey, wait, I know that this means a lot to you, but maybe right now you should go and take a rest and do something for yourself. And, you know, that, that's part of the, the problem is that as Black women, I don't know if we're always trained to look out for ourselves that way. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think we are. Um, and the person who comes to my mind, and you and I have talked about this before, is Erica Garner, you exactly. know, fighting for justice for her father, Eric Garner, and how, you know, although he has not gotten that justice to this day, she passed away at such a young age, you exactly. know, and I remember thinking as soon as I heard the news of her death, I knew, I knew Antoinette, it was because of the stress, the strain, the heartache, um, who knows the anger and bitterness and just all of those things, you know, had taken a toll on her body, you mm -hmm. know, and who knows what type of um, health, you know, what type of health, state of health she was in to begin with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and I'm constantly reading um, people, you know, just with this, um, when they see us special on Netflix, you know, just saying, we gotta, we gotta watch it. We owe it to them. We owe it to them. We owe it to them, you know, and, and you have people who are like, especially women, I'm reading a lot of women who are saying, you know, I'm just not ready. You know, I, this reminds me of someone in my family or my own child or, you know, and I don't want to be re-traumatized. And mm -hmm. I think we as Black people, period, need to start allowing us or allowing each other that space to just be human. And, you know, and, and I know I have felt so many times that so much is at stake. So much is at stake. You know, this white supremacist uh, system runs 24-7, you know, while we're sleeping, when we're awake, you know, and it's like, it, it's almost like if you do take a break, you know, then someone else is going to die, you know, mm. but then who's going to take over if we don't do what we need to do to stay alive, eat right. right meditate, go to therapy or counseling, because, you know, I don't know if, if people out there have read, you know, post-traumatic slave syndrome, mm -hmm. you know, that's a real thing where trauma and abuse and ideologies and things, they pass through the DNA generation to generation. And if you have a people who just as a whole has never had a chance to regroup, 
You know, you go from chattel slavery to reconstruction to Jim Crow to, you know, civil rights to, you know, welfare and war on drugs. And, you know, we mm -hmm. never had a chance to regroup and to heal and to and, and just a, a chance to just heal. And so we need to be the ones, you know, and I know we're talking about black women, but we need to be the ones to say, hey, just like what you stated just like what I stated, you, you told me before we started that you weren't ready, you know, to watch this. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I found out a way that works for me to where I can digest the story, to where it's not um, that traumatic for me. Okay, so if we, if we you know, self-care, let's just talk about self-care. What are some things that we can do to just give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves? Well, when I talk to my friends and clients, people who are looking for advice in this area, the mm -hmm. first place that I usually start them off is I say, you have to protect your energy. So that means that you have to do whatever it takes to make sure that you stay in a good space, which means maybe not listening to certain types of music, maybe not watching certain television shows or documentaries, if you know that that's gonna trigger you. If you yes. know right off the bat that that's gonna make you upset, then don't put yourself into that situation. Why harm yourself willingly? You know what I mean? And yes. I think that what happens a lot of times, especially in the black community, this is just my opinion, but I think that because we have all in some way been indoctrinated into this idea that you know we are less than and we are up against unfair circumstances and um that we have to try harder i think somewhere along the way it got communicated to us that well that means that we can't ever sit down we can't ever take a break we can't ever yes. take it easy we don't have permission yes, for that absolutely. you know and i mean it filters through in how we raise our children you know a yes. lot of times we don't give our children some of the passes and the forgiveness that i think that they need and so then they grow up with a lot of resentment i know that that's a piece of um, what I've had to uncover in my own mental health journey is realizing that, you know, maybe there were some times that there were expectations that were placed on me that were unreasonable. Absolutely. And it's not yes. that I failed. It's just that the expectations were too high. And so, of course, you didn't reach that, you know, and or that's maybe okay. It was something you didn't want to begin with. And that was their dream for you. Yes, that too. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I think that um as black people especially for black women i think that starting at that point and realizing that you know you have to give yourself permission to say i can be tired i can be stressed out and not want to take on any more i can want to just look at comedies and funny stuff because i just want to laugh i just want to have a good time mm. there's nothing wrong with that you know what i mean it's okay to choose happiness you should choose happiness yes that yes. should be your default choice but absolutely you know a lot of us don't because i think that we feel guilty we feel mm -hmm. like we can't do that because then we're somehow letting some some larger piece of the community down if we exactly do exactly it's impossible to carry the weight of the black community on one person's shoulder mm -hmm. it's it's just literally impossible Sandra Bland is another person, another woman who comes to mind, uh -huh. you know, and, and it's just, we don't have to, I don't think I understand if, if you know, I, I think we can be passionate about this, but also be balanced, you mm -hmm. know, to a degree. I, th I think being balanced in this fight for racial justice and just, you know, social justice, I think it's a must if you're constantly, if, you're, if your diet is constant, you know, headline news and what the, whatever the political folks are saying or just who, you know, that, that is a lot, you know, you, you spoke of energy. That is a lot of um, negative energy mm -hmm. to take in. And like you said, I think that's, um, I think it's okay to balance that with some good energy. You know, I, I am part of several Black um, travel groups, 
mm-hmm. you know, and it's so interesting, you know, to hear somebody say, um, I think the latest that I saw was um, these unexplained deaths happening uh, in the Dominican Republic for, you know, Black American travelers. And so I've there's seen this, that. right. And so there's this post going up, oh, beware, we don't, you know, so much is going on in the Dominican Republic about us. I don't feel safe there. I'm not going to travel there. But yet you have all these people that say, you could just go down in South Central Chicago and experience that. You know, you True. still have people who are saying, I will still choose to travel outside of America than to stay here, you know, under the constant stress and strain of this system. So I said all that to say, it's okay to travel. It's okay to be in love. It's okay to raise your children, enjoy your children, if that's what you choose to do so in, in terms of having children. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay to enjoy your life. And that is something that I have given myself permission because I can't afford to walk around angry all the time because my Mm -hmm. children see that, they pick up on that, you know, and that nine times out of 10, they may not even know what's going on. You know, because I, I, I personally, I don't know about you, Antoinette, but I personally don't expose my children to everything that's going on in the Black community. I mean, of course they know, you know, we've talked about when they see us, we've talked about, you know, different things. So they're aware enough, you know, but just to bog them down and make it their responsibility to, you know, represent the whole, I mean, it's, I just think that's a lot. It is a lot. (laughs) And I think, I think the other thing too, and I just came to this realization recently with um, an episode that I had recorded for the Midday Reset. Mm-hmm. When, when you look at the news and you look at documentaries and you see you know, the social media posts that go around about don't travel to the Dominican Republic and those, those poor people who unfortunately lost their lives, you know, may they rest in peace, that's very awful. Right. But, what I've come to acknowledge is that there is bad in this world, but the bad cannot exist without the good. Mm. And so finding and seeking out the good so that you can kind of counterbalance this bad that's, you know, hanging over you and realizing that, you know, in the same way, um, in the same way that we don't want to all be judged as being like as, as black women, we don't all want to be judged as being the same way. Um, we also cannot judge all white people as being the same way. We yes. cannot judge the all, all foreign countries as being the same way. You know, we can't exactly, there is still goodness that exists in this world, but you have to mm. find it. And I think sometimes the reason why we don't gravitate towards that as easily is because it's a little more difficult to seek out the good than mm-hmm. it is out the bad. It's very, very easy to go look out your window, look at the TV, look at your phone and find something bad. Exactly. But, you know, to, to to, to purposely look for the good, that takes mm-hmm. a little bit more effort and intention. But, you know, it's important to remember that that is a piece of the puzzle too. And so, um, you know, I encourage my friends, especially my Black friends, I always tell them that, you know, in the same way that you are getting so frustrated and, you know, beaten down by what it is that you are seeing, do know that you can also lift yourself up you can make yourself feel happy and uplifted. Yes. You can, there are things you can do that will boost you up too. And that's one of the reasons why I do yoga because yoga is one of those things for me. It helps me to find peace. It helps me to quiet down the negative thoughts. And, you know, it, it centers me so that I can continue being the things that I need to be for my, yes. my husband, for my children, for my business, you know, all those things. Absolutely. And, and that goes right along with uh, a conversation I had Sunday, you know, I'm currently right now in Memphis, um, which is my hometown for a funeral of um, of a person who was like a second mom to me. And so I was visiting her youngest son and, um, you know, ran into some old childhood friends, you know, who I grew up with. And we started talking about, you know, race and racism, white supremacy and whatnot. And part of that conversation was a lot of focus on things that are by design, you know, they want to keep us sick and they want to keep us down and they want to, 
you know, kill us and they want to do this. And so this person said, you know, I've just come to the conclusion that I am a prisoner of war in this country. Mm. And, you know, and I was just like, I'm just not willing to go that far. Mm -mm. I'm just not willing because I have done so much reading on the mind. I've Mm -hmm. done some reading on what energy is and what it does. And I just cannot, I understand everything that was talked about. There are things happening that are, this whole system is by design. It is intentional. It is on purpose. But I was telling them, you know, because this person works in the medical field. And so she sees a lot of the health discrepancies with care you know, with black patients versus white patients and the, and the information that they're given and that type of thing. So I understand, you know, her perspective, but I told her, I said, I bought a cucumber, one cucumber that was less than a dollar. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell me that a person can't afford a cucumber. You know, I said, there, there are some things that we can do to take back our power. We don't have to watch everything that's on TV. We can turn the TV off. In fact, why not just get rid of a TV? You know, you don't even have to have a TV. I just think of those things. Yeah, they they may have us set up and, and cornered and pushed up against the wall on so many sides, but they still can't take my mind. Correct. I can still control what I read. I can still control what I eat. I can still, you know, there. I still believe there's so many things within our control that can help us have a better life. I mean, what well, do you think about that? Everything that you just talked about, all of, all of those things that you mentioned with buying the cucumber, with turning the TV off, those are all choices. Just Absolutely. like it is a choice if you decide that you want to be a prisoner for life. And I'm mm-hmm. not choosing that. I'm not I'm interested not in that, that you know? Either. No, either. I am choosing to be intentional about what I pay attention to mm-hmm. because what I pay attention to affects my energy. I'm highly sensitive just like you are, Shanoa. Mm-hmm. So I pay attention to things that I know are going to give me something positive back or make me feel good, make me laugh. You know, and so that's a choice. I make a choice in who I spend my time with, you know, people yes. who uplift me, people who make me feel enlightened, who teach me things, Absolutely. who make me think, you know, those are the people that I hang around with, you know, and, and there's, I subscribe to a few different YouTubers. Obviously, Chrissy's one of my favorites. Uh Um, But, you know, I see a lot of videos day in and day out, always about, you know, these different black male entertainers and how, oh, this one said something colorist and this one was dogging black women and this one did this, this one did that. And I'm like, I don't listen to none of those people. (laughs) I, I don't listen to any of their music. I'm not interested. I mean, it's just, you know, they can do them, you know, get your money, whatever it is that you're trying to do. But I'm, I'm not a part of that. And that is by choice. And I'm very happy with that choice because this is what helps me to feel empowered, inspired, positive, so that I can do this kind of work where I can share these positive messages with other black people so that they can know that they don't have to be prisoners to this stuff if they don't want to. They don't have to be, you know, but, but the oppression... And I, 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 I pause, I pause before I say that this. That was a long sigh. I know it was a, I do a lot of long sighing too. <laughs> a lot of deep breathing. Right. Oppression at this point, now that the shackles have come off of us, now that, now that slavery has ended, I know that we still have the systematic oppression of white supremacy, but now that slavery has ended and we've left the plantation, we have our choices. And we can decide what it is that we want to subscribe to. And I encourage every person listening to this right now, you make sure that you subscribe to what is positive and what uplifts you. And that's it. You don't have to subscribe to anything else. You don't. You don't. That's really powerful. That is really, you know, because I feel like trying to take a whole system down that's been in place for hundreds of years. I'm not saying it can, I, I actually believe that will eventually happen. I don't know if you and I will be alive to see that happening. But like you said, we really only have control over ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's really 
on, that's really the only thing we don't have control over what they do how right. they see us how they view us you know and 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 again i understand that we want to make sure that the narratives and the news are are more accurate you know i see us fighting in those ways you know but at the end of the day it's still about you and who mm-hmm. you see in the mirror you know who you're happy with and i want to flip the script just a little bit and talk about um a magazine you you mentioned chrissy and so yes. i would love for you to talk about chrissy and your involvement with her um because i'm trying to be discreet and i let the cat out the bag but you know <laughs> i i really really do love uh, and wish i had um what you're about to talk about when i was a little girl so mm-hmm. go ahead <laughs> yes so um in terms of now i've not actually spoken directly to chrissy we've emailed okay. back and forth a few times and okay. of course i subscribe to her on youtube uh-huh. um the and main she is she is the founder and the owner of the first and to my knowledge only magazine that is dedicated to dark skin women and girls. Yes. And uh, she launched the print version of this magazine. The first edition came out in March. I have um, my copy. Yes. I got my copy too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's called Divine Dark Skin DDS. Divine Dark Skin DDS mm-hmm. Magazine. Mm-hmm. And there's an online uh, version of it too at ddsmagazine.com where you can see articles and blogs and um, other resources for dark skin women and girls. Um, but you know, what inspires me in the work that Chrissy does is that I like that her message is very much about, okay, we know what the system's doing. Let's stop begging for the system to love us and just go make our own. Let's just go make our own systems and be, let's just go be great on our own Uh, without them. And then they can see us shine or not. It doesn't matter because we're doing this for us. We're doing this for our empowerment and our uplifting and our betterment. And I got to say, I'm really a big fan of that approach because, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I I get it. I get what people are saying when they're like, oh, you know, we've got this new model, Leomi Anderson, and she is the first dark skinned Victoria's Secret Angel. So she's been given the title of Victoria's Secret Angel and she's beautiful. Yeah, she's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. She's beautiful. but, you know, and I'm happy for her. I'm, I, I think that that is wonderful. I follow her on Instagram. She's gorgeous. She's funny. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is I'm like, you know, I'm kind of tired of this whole, let me be the first this and let me be the first that and all these, you know, systems that are controlled by non-Black people. Mm-hmm. I don't need validation and neither do you or anybody else listening. We don't need the validation that those systems give us. But we have to choose to stop investing in them so much, you know? Like, you remember when Jada did Oscars So White? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, and I I get it. It it makes sense. It's relevant. You know, I'm not not bashing her. But at the same time, Will doesn't need the Academy to let him know that he's great. We Mm -hmm. already know that Will's great. Will's been great you know, from jump. Okay. His greatness does not have to be measured by whether or not he is getting an Oscar. Same thing goes for Viola Davis, for Octavia Spencer, you know, all of these black, this beautiful black talent that we have. I don't Mm -hmm. care that they're not being recognized by all of these award shows and systems and whatnot. Cause quite frankly, I don't put a lot of stock in that. I believe in the talent that I see before me. And that's something that Chrissy has empowered me to feel and believe through the work that she does. Mm -hmm. And so um, DDS Magazine is undergoing a lot of changes. A lot of it I'm still not in on. I haven't heard a whole bunch, but I'm hanging on because I know the word is coming. But um, it's growing. It's getting bigger. So if you are a dark-skinned woman or girl listening to this, hop over to ddsmagazine.com. See if you can get signed up for the mailing list that they have over there so you can stay updated on when the next edition is coming out because that, that that magazine is growing and getting bigger. And, and, you know, I'm fortunate that my daughter, 14, who is also um, a chocolate skin girl, um, <laughs> you know, that she has this, you know, she doesn't have um, the hangups over her skin 
tone that I did when I was her age. I had huge, huge hangups, you know, because of, you know, being made fun of in middle school and, and just feeling very just ugly, you know, mm. to my own people because it was my own people, you know, who didn't see my, my shade of, of black as beautiful. You know, so, I was just going to comment to you too. I was going to tell you, girl, your skin is looking gorgeous today. <laughs> well, I'm t look, and I'm going to tell you, I started using, shout out to this black owned company out of, uh, I want to say Houston, Texas called My Butter Bar Skincare. Oh. And I've started using it and she's, you know, just amazing. Everything is organic and vegan and plant-based. And nice. I have never been more happy because it was going through some changes, you know, with unevenness and things of that nature. But ever since starting this particular skincare line, I am just like, I'm sold. I'm sticking to it. And, and you know, and again, it goes back to what we're talking about, what we surround ourselves with, because I am constantly coming across Black-owned businesses and podcasts and just people in general who are making waves. You know, there's a, a, a Black male principal out of New Jersey, mm -hmm. you know, who has since, you know, Oprah has visited his school because he has put um, washing machines and dryers in the schools so that the kids can wash their clothes so they want, they'll have a reason to stay in school. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's something that he was able to do in his environment, you know, in his area to make things better for other black people. And I, I, that's just what I see. And so when I look at him, when I, you know, this, this skincare company that I was, you know, just referring to, I don't see them as prisoners of war. I see them as people who are taking their gifts and talents, their leadership abilities and using it for the good. So I don't have to use L'Oreal skincare mm -hmm. i can go to we have options now right you know and so what was I that kind of oh. <laughs> <laughs> well that something when you said that just now it reminded me of something that we talked about last week which is mm -hmm. that you know people like that principle who you just mentioned which i i need to look that up because i hadn't heard about that story but I think yes i'll tag you i think his name is principal akbar Okay. You no, know, and I heard him on the Karen Hunter show and he was telling the story. And ever since he told his show, his story rather, he's just taken off. You know, he's doing interviews. Like I said, Oprah gave what, $50,000 wow. to the school, uh, visited. She held his hand, picked, you know, that's uh -huh. amazing. Well, you know, people like that, people like Chrissy, people mm -hmm. like me and you, mm -hmm. we are the pioneers. We have to be. Yeah, we are the voices and the examples out here that show that, you know, you, you don't have to live underneath the oppression that you feel. You can pave a way. You can create something new. You can be that person that you needed when you were little. You can do that. Mm. And I don't think you have to be on a huge platform. I don't think you have to be super famous. I don't think you have to have a ton of followers. I think you just have to stand in who you are and say, this is what I'm doing and this is why, and I'm giving this back. And give it back with an intention of sincerity, just goodness. This man put these washers and dryers into the school because he was like, we need kids coming to school. And if they feel like they can't because their clothes ain't clean. Exactly. You know, it's, it's that simple. And, um, you know, I know that, I don't, I don't know if you and I have talked about this before, but mm -hmm. one of the biggest projects that I've had this year is a book for black girls, which is- Okay, and this is book. a book that you have authored. Yes, ma'am. This is oh, my children's awesome. book that it's for little black girls. And it's, that is exactly the point of why I wrote it because I wanted other little black girls to know that, you know, sometimes you might look around and all you see are blonde, blue-eyed, you know, examples of representation for what it means to be feminine or female and there's nothing wrong with those people okay i'm not i'm not bashing them right. but you in and of yourself as a dark-skinned girl you are special and beautiful too and let me tell you all the reasons why and so you know that's what i did with that book and then of course you've got your podcast and you're out here reaching out to people and sharing the beautiful stories of people that have gone unnoticed or unheard unseen and you're bringing them to light we are the pioneers shanoa because we are giving our community something 
positive that they can look to and feel inspired by. And I don't say that in a way to come across like, oh, she's, she's, you know, atop her high horse or anything like that. <laughs> right. If anything, I'm saying it because I want other people who are listening to be empowered by that. Because if there's something that you have inside of you that is of value that needs to be shared with the world, just share it. We need to see it. We're out here. We, we need it. All of us, we need it. So share it. Please. You know, because the reality is, Antoinette, is that I was on that. I was in that negative, angry space. I was mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. where it was me against the world, you know, we're hated, you know, I was there. And all it did was put me to bed early at night, mm -hmm. made me depressed, mm -hmm. um, could not Ooh, hardly wow. think straight. I mean, I'm serious that I just, I couldn't hardly think straight, couldn't function, you know, walking around with a chip on my shoulder. Like I was said, angry all the time. Yes. I was just angry for no reason. Angry at my husband. Angry at my children. And right. I, can't, I can't have that in my household. That's I can't, sustainable. I just, and you know what, what helped me as well is I, re, I began to think, well, who was I as a child? You mm -hmm. know, what, what, what type of child was I? Um, how was I thinking? What was I thinking? And I remember thinking that I, I have always been the person that was optimistic. You know, I, I lean more towards an idealistic uh, perspective of life. It's gotten me in trouble a lot because, you know, <laughs> talk about the high expectations and all that and when they're not met, you know, but that's who I am. And I just have to own that, be proud of that and realize that I don't have, just like what you said before so beautifully, I don't have to allow life to change me into somebody different. That's right. You know, because we have a history of success, just like we have a history of downtroddenness and poverty. You know, I think about the Harriet Tubman's and the Sojourner Truths and the Nat Turner's and the Frederick, you know, they were like, no, right. I refuse to see myself as a slave. And this is when our people were seen as three fifths human. Right. They really weren't accounted for. And yet they did remarkable things. Madam C.J. Walker, first self-made Black female millionaire. Mm -hmm. This is who we are. Mm -hmm. and so I bask just, in that greatness. Yes. Bask in always that. Been, no matter what's been thrown at us, how is it that a group of first-generation freed slaves you are first, you are just one generation away from slavery and you build Black Wall Street. Mm -hmm. That's who we are. Mm -hmm. And yes, we know that they've come and torn it down and, you know, but right. like my end, still I rise. Yep. <laughs> so that's who I choose to believe about us. And I used to always think, you know, with George Washington Carver alone, it was like, well, what kept him from being lynched? Mm -hmm. You know, he was doing all these things with the freaking peanuts. Mm -hmm. You know, <clears throat> Frederick Douglass was, he escaped slavery, you know, was never caught, mm -hmm. you know, and openly talking about his experiences. So it's like, well, what kept him alive? One of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, historical figures, and this is again because of my father, is mm -hmm. Sir Duke Ellington. My father oh, loves yeah. Sir Duke, and you, being a classical uh -huh. musician, you're very familiar <laughs> with Sir Duke Ellington. Yes. Yes. But you know, he's another one who I think of. Who I'm like, okay. You know, you listen to his music, it's just profound. He's, in my opinion, probably the greatest composer to have ever lived. And of course, mm. I'm very biased. Like I said, I grew up listening to a lot of Duke Ellington. Because of that. <laughs> okay, okay. But, um, you know, I think about what he was up against at the time that, you know, he was alive. And none of it seemed to stop him from pouring that beautiful energy into the music that he makes that still influences the music of today. You know, and I, I, I find inspiration in that. I find inspiration in people like Nina Simone, you know, just, just out here sharing this gift, sharing this light and being unapologetic about the fact that I love my blackness and I love black people, you know, and um, 
so, so I, I hear yes. what you're saying. I identify with that very clearly because it's true. And, and those people who were successful at what they did, they didn't get there because they were, they were bogging themselves down with negativity. They got there because they were uplifting themselves. They were surrounding themselves with other people who thought like they did mm -hmm. and believed that, you know, there's another way we can, we can find another way to get our message out there and to be positive and contribute to this world. And I think that that's really that should be the primary concern of black people rather than trying to level the playing field and trying to take down the system a system that's way bigger than any one of us <laughs> right. yeah, let's let's instead focus on well what is my contribution going to be is it going to be angry and bitter and resentful because for a while that's exactly who i was when i got Me on the too. internet i was an mm -hmm. angry person i was yelling about stuff and you know what all that negativity was coming right back at me in the comments yes. section and emails mm -hmm. oh and, yes yeah and, and that that that'll get you down <laughs> real quickly <laughs> right. right so i figured you know what i actually had to take a two year hiatus off of social media right around uh, the time that donald trump got elected for president. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I only let myself come back when I, when I was able to agree within myself that, okay, you're you, the person that you're going to be on social media has got to be positive. It's got to be somebody lifted up and sharing light with other people. You, we already have enough of the negativity in this world. Let's put something else out into absolutely, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's not always not, easy. Right. It's not. And it's not selling out. It's not, no. you know, choosing to bury your head in the sand. You know, like I said, you and I are just as informed about what's going on, you know. But like I said, we wouldn't be where we are had it not been for people who who just Harriet Tubman alone had it not been for her who just said you know we can do this we can be mm -hmm. slaves mm -hmm. and if you're not on board you know catch this gun <laughs> I mean it was that serious right and she and once that quote you know she would have freed thousands more if they knew that they were slaves right and I just think that's huge I, I just think that's huge I you know I don't I don't know what people worship out there but I really believe that when 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 we decide to take our lives back in in seemingly small ways that god blows on it and and helps us to move forward and to propel us in that direction like you said that's impactful and influential for other people because it's got to be that it like you said there wouldn't be any bad if there wasn't any good mm -hmm. you know so what let, let's just kind of wrap this all up and kind of give people um just some pointers or some things that they can begin to do to take their lives back to kind of get out from the negative cloud you know so to speak right so um something that i'm a really big fan of is if you don't have a journal pick up a journal or even mm -hmm. if you just want to use like the notes function that's on your phone but mm -hmm. somewhere i think that you should be keeping track of the things that make you feel good and the things mm -hmm. that don't make you feel good and as you start to notice what doesn't make you feel good start structuring your life in a way that you are not including quite as much of that. So if it's certain people who say things to you that are negative, you know, the people who want to call you a sellout and say, mm. oh, well, you, you ain't down with the cause. You ain't black enough. You ain't this. You ain't that. Right. Turn them off. Turn right. them off. Just, exactly. okay, enough. Turn them off mm -hmm. because they don't define you. You define mm. you. Absolutely. Ooh, that's a whole nother topic right there. It really that is, is girl. A whole, okay, part two. <laughs> part two. <laughs> right, so what else? What else? You mentioned I think journaling. That, yes, ma'am. So I think that once you start taking notice of what makes you feel good and what doesn't make you feel good, you can start gravitating towards the good stuff. Stay away from the bad stuff. And then pick up some new hobbies, okay? I, one of the things that gets on my nerves the most about Black people is when they say, Oh, well, that's just for white people. Oh. No, it's not. It's for all people. Okay. Swimming, look, what? Swimming, uh, exercising, eating fruits and vegetables. Playing the violin. Playing the violin. Right. <laughs> that, does, that is not. We have a history of all of these things that I just mentioned. Yes, we do. And those things, there's a reason why 
those people have picked that up because it, it provides them an enrichment. Yes. Go get some enrichment for yourself. Do, do some yoga if you want. Get into an exercise class at your gym. Uh, get into gardening. You know, Gardening yes. is a very simple, low-cost hobby that you can mm -hmm. pick up. Uh, and this is a great time for it because we've got spring melting into summer right now. You've got plenty yes. of sunshine in most places. Mm -hmm. um, you know, take walks. Take I was walks just going to say that. If you can't afford a gym, because I can hear somebody say, oh, gym memberships are expensive. Well, the cheapest that I know of is Planet Fitness. You know, mm -hmm. that's $10 a month. Quit when you want to. Mm -hmm. But you can just walk, you know. Hopefully, people who are listening live in a safe enough neighborhood to mm -hmm. where they can walk in their neighborhood and, and, and just, like you said, take a walk, take some time for yourself. I know I can think about meditation. You can Absolutely. pretty much do that anywhere. Just simple, you know, closing of the eyes, relaxing your body from head to toe and focusing on deep breathing. Yes. And that just really does something for your mental and emotional and spiritual state. And these you know? are all very small, simple things that you can mm -hmm. gravitate towards that will make over time. I know it, it, at times it doesn't feel like it's making an impact, but mm -hmm. if you can be consistent at that, then over time you will see massive results from that. Mm -hmm. And I know this because that's exactly what I did. You know, when I took my break from social media, I had to pick up some better things that could occupy my time and, you know, could keep me busy instead of, you know, playing around on the phone all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's where I learned that, you know, meditation, yeah, it may not be super easy at first, but keep trying it. And eventually mm -hmm. what you'll notice is that when you get into tense situations, arguments and whatnot, you're able to keep your calm a little bit better because you've been meditating yes, and you've been Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? And then also surround yourself with people who uplift you and who, who love you and who look out for you and accept you in your wholeness. And these don't just have to be black people. There are Say that non again. Wait, wait. Say that again. These don't have to just be black people. They don't. They really don't. They, they don't. Because I am finding more and more white people and this isn't to make them a hero or anything like that but like you said just like all black people aren't the same we aren't a monolithic group mm -hmm. neither are white people you know right. and so the ones i hang around they're very aware of, mm -hmm. of what's going on race-wise and we talk about that and i can talk about it openly with them mm -hmm. and those who don't know guess what they're willing to learn from me with right. no apologies, no, they just, they're just like, you know, do I find it my responsibility to educate them? Not necessarily. I just talk to them. Right. And, you know, and I just share with them what's going on. You match sincere energy for sincere energy. So if you've got non-black people who are coming to you who sincerely say, hey, I don't want you to feel alone. I don't want you to feel like you don't belong. What can I do to help you feel better? Because I care about you. Don't exactly. scoff at them. That is a beautiful gift from the universe and you I should agree. embrace that. Mm -hmm. Even agree. if it comes to you in a non-black person. You I should agree. That. I really do agree. And, and I think that's something else. Um, you know, this isn't to encourage people to do something that they truly aren't comfortable with, but it's just to, to kind of give a different perspective. You know, a lot of our families are more mixed and, and you know, biracial now more than ever. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, again, just allowing, and, and I know that the hesitancy or, you know, I remember going through that time where I'm like, oh God, we're just not safe at all around any of them, blah, 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 you know, and then I fell in love. <laughs> well, love we're going to talk life. about that. We're going to talk about that in another episode. Right. Hold on to that. Exactly. But, but the love of my life is a man with white skin. Now, he's not American, you know, but still, I did not see that coming. And he's right. the, one of the greatest gifts you know, to, to me that I've ever um, experienced and so grateful for. So I think that's huge. Just wherever love um, presents itself or however, whatever package mm -hmm. love presents itself, be, be open enough to receive it because receive it's powerful. It. Mm -hmm. It's really powerful. And I don't believe that God put us on this earth to be upset 
or um, tormented or stressed out. I believe that he put us here with all of us, every single one of us, black, white, you know, Native American, anybody. He put right. us here into unique circumstances so that we could figure out how we could use the gifts and talents that we have inside of us to get along in this world and help others and find the love and support that we need. The love and support that we all need, it's here. But if you're rejecting mm -hmm. it because you're being too suspicious and you know, you're, you're painting with broad strokes about you know, large groups of people, then yeah, you're gonna miss it. But you don't have to miss it. Exactly. You don't have to miss it. The minute I stopped being so anxious and caught up in all of that, I noticed that a lot more love started coming towards me. Absolutely. And love feels a whole yes. lot better than oppression does. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. It does. So I, I, that, that would be, those would be my, my points of advice to anybody who is looking for how they can kind of change their mindset and shift from, from the perspective of, you know, being oppressed and feeling like the victim in a lot of these cases to feeling like, no, I have options and I, I can live in this world and be prosperous too, because you Yes, can. absolutely. And, and, I, and again, I believe we as Black people have proven that over and over again, which is why there is a constant, you know, onslaught of things that continue to happen because we continue to rise. We continue to be great. Serena Williams has just been hailed mm -hmm. as what the richest self-made athlete or, or something like I that. I saw right? that. Yes. And um, now Jay-Z is the first billionaire. billionaire. I mean, come on. Right. Now, I'm not saying that's going to cure racism. I don't, I'm, I'm not that you know, no, fickle in my thinking. It, it's right. not going to cure racism and it's not going to get rid of white supremacy. But what I am saying is that even in the midst of all of this, we still have greatness. We still have greatness. Mm -hmm. We still have greatness. So I just want to thank you. So, okay. One, I just want to say a bit about your podcast. One of the biggest things that I love about your podcast, the midday reset is that, it's small, um, short in terms of time, um, what, maybe five to 10 minutes at the most, but it is so packed with very practical, down-to-earth tips on what a person can do to be more emotional, uh, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually fit, in some ways physically fit. And so if you're on your lunch break and you have a quick, you know, five to 10 minute break at any point during the day, tune in to the Midday Reset podcast because it really is refreshing. And another one of my favorite parts is that Antoinette has you doing a deep breath at the beginning. And sometimes if I'm listening to her episodes, you know, several in a row, then I get to breathe like five times in a row. And it just feels so good. It is peaceful. Her voice is peaceful. And like I said, she has a wonderful way of breaking things down to where they're so easy to understand and digest and impactful and stuff that you can carry out with you, you know, throughout the day just to help uplift you and encourage you. So again, that is the Midday Reset, Antoinette Chanel. You can find her on Instagram at Miss Antoinette Chanel. Um, you're, the name of your book again? A book for Black girls. A and I actually started for this yesterday, so I'm working on more widespread distribution for this book so that people can find it in more places and get it at a cheaper price than what it's offered okay, at now. Okay, where can people uh, buy it currently until currently, that happens? It's uh -huh. available on Amazon. Okay, Amazon, a book for Black girls. Yes, ma'am. Okay, Antoinette Chanel. Well, we will definitely have to, oh, I will have, definitely have to have you back because I've this has been like I'm on cloud nine <laughs> I'm so happy right now this, I feel so good yes feel, and then see that this is exactly what we're talking about yes. get around people who make you feel uplifted that's Absolutely. that's the point you don't have because to be it's sad. empowering it's it empowering is. and if there's anything we need more it's to be empowered and uplifted so that we can have the strength to go out and fight and and you know, fight for what's right, justice, mm -hmm. or whatever area that you're passionate about. You have to take care of yourself, have that balance in your life. And um, 
So I hope today's episode really helped you. Thank you so much to everyone who has tuned in. I'm grateful that this was an episode that I kind of made a comeback with because again, I'm very encouraged right now. Um, and I believe in terms of when they see us, I believe tomorrow, um, Wednesday, June 12th, or if you're listening to this on Wednesday, June 12th, um, there will be um, a special interview by Oprah Winfrey on the OWN Network as well as Netflix where she interviews the Exonerated Five. I'm so grateful to these men just for choosing to maintain their innocence, choosing to stick to their truth no matter what. And now, you know, I, I pray for their mental health. I pray for their, just for their being because, you know, they're thriving, they're sharing their stories and whatnot, but I'm pretty sure that there's some scars that have been left. And I just pray that those scars will continue to be healed. So without further ado, I'm signing off. Thank you so much. This is Black, White, and Color. Be blessed and be at peace.